0: Let me just double check this on. Uh, oh man. No, this has got to be the cold opening. <laughs>
1: there and welcome to a brand new episode of the Sports Pro podcast. My name is George Breer. I'm head of events content here at Sports Pro. And today I'm joined by a veritable Christmas feast of Sports Pro's editorial team. We have Steve McCaskill, Sports Pro's technology editor. We have Ed Dixon, Sports Pro's deputy editor. We have Tom Bassam, OPE, our off-platform editor. And last but not least... We have Mr. Chris Stone, our community lead, and also host of our sister podcast at Streamtime Sports. Now, those who may want to scroll back through the feed can see our recent head-to-head debates. So I really do think it's good of us to have you on two weeks running, Chris, but it's good to see.
2: I think it's just evident of where the star power lies in this company, and I appreciate you bringing me back
1: to help the numbers in a particularly slow time over the holidays. Support is one of the key Sports Pro values. So Tom and I are demonstrating that with, uh, with Gusto. I'm
3: just leading the community. The Slow Time Podcast is actually probably a better name
1: for what they do, isn't it? <laughs> Everyone's listening on 0.5, or so they think. Anyway, Steve and Ed, it's great to see you. I can see you guys have sat quite far from each other on the sofa.
4: All well in the team or fractions already? Some creative differences already. I mean, I just sat down and Steve's clearly... Made his bed and he's lying in it, or in this case, a sofa. I'm just sick of carrying this team already. (laughs) (laughs) His back is already sore.
1: The other thing I should probably draw attention to, and apologies for those that aren't able to see the footage here, which is that four of the five team members in this room have really embraced the Christmas spirit. Of course, we speak to you a couple of days before Christmas, with the exception of Tom Bassam OPE,
3: the Grinch, I should call him. This is a audio format, mate. I don't know what you don't know what you're talking about. I could be wearing absolutely anything and nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's
1: not, give, uh, let's not give that thought to our listeners. Now, as is traditional at this time of year, it is the chaotic Christmas quiz in the making. So we will be taking two teams, they'll be going head to head to look back over the last year in the world of sports business. And we see of all our big brained editorial colleagues, who has the biggest brain of all? Mirror, mirror on the wall, who has the biggest brain of them all? And Tom is eye shut wondering how has this already gone so wrong but that's not staying in is it? <laughs> um, on one team we have Tom Bassam and Chris Stone on another we have Ed Dixon and Steve McCaskill gents how are we feeling for the quiz nervous excited a little bit of both well there's a lot of pressure on me given I'm defending champion
4: unfortunately we couldn't get Sam Carp in which is why we have Ed Dixon but yeah pretty confident <laughs> I'm blaming my poor performance on the lorry load of painkillers I'm on at the moment Um, yeah sending my stall out early what about your performance the rest of the year (laughs) just happy to be here tom are
3: you sure
1: and we're happy to have you ed
4: um and in the words of
1: succession you can't make a tomlet without breaking some eds um so uh i know tom is excited to get his teeth into you when the quiz comes now should we start What
3: are the rules, George?
1: Uh, Very good question. Very good question. Now, those who listened to the quiz last year will know that despite any rules I say now, none of them will be followed as soon as the first question is asked. But for legal reasons, I'll lay out the rules now. So we'll be going into three, potentially four rounds, depending on how much time we have. And essentially, they are, I'll ask the question, as is traditional in a quiz. And whoever thinks they have the answer in the quickest time needs to use a buzzing noise of their choice. So that could be a buzz, that could be a ding, that could be a catchphrase from your favorite TV show. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Not up to me, but you must make that noise before answering the question or your answer will be invalidated and I will open it up to the floor. Right, I I felt like a bit of a schoolmaster there. Room's gone completely silent.
3: Bit Paxman.
1: Yeah, (laughs) George Paxman. Right, should we start with round one, which is deals? Let's go for it. Good, right. Question one. Who are the NWSL's newest whoa let me finish the question already we have chaos in the ranks i'm not going to invalidate your answer but who are the nwsl's newest broadcast partners amazon didn't buzz guys
3: we said buzz
1: i must finish the question and then you can buzz so i'll open it up to the floor already
3: i thought they had the answer george so just let them let them take it they won the buzzer yeah
1: already mutiny in the ranks (laughs) i'll allow it on this occasion
4: I believe it's Amazon, CBS, ESPN, and Scripps. Correct. One point to the Dixon McCaskill. (laughs) It's
1: a Dixon McCaskill double pivot in midfield. Fantastic. Good to see Steve inverting from left back. Question number two. uh, Which Saudi business has the most sponsorship deals in sport? Oh, that was close. But uh, Tom Bassam? I'm going to say Aramco. And you would be correct. Now, as is my want and desire, I'm able to offer a bonus point. Can anyone name the next three? Well, who can name the podium of Saudi businesses with sponsorship deals in sport?
3: Oh, hello, double up. Uh, the Saudi Ministry of Sport. Correct. The other one would be maybe Neon.
1: That is a hell of an answer. Correct. It's in there. That's just two points. Ed Dixon's broken out in a sweat already. Tough to see. Well, that's 2-1 to the Bassam Stone pivot. Would you
0: have gotten that right, Steve? Uh, I'd have got the, the main question right, but not the podium. Okay. I saw your face. You looked a bit uh, upset that you didn't... I was about either.
1: to say Saudia, so no, I'm glad I didn't embarrass myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because Steve, Steve McCaskill only deals with winners. He's not. He doesn't care about the podium. Silver and bronze are of no interest to the technology editor. Question number three, um, and it's a sport that we very rarely talk about on the Sports Web podcast. I'm excited for this one. When it comes to cricket, which of these T20 franchise competitions does the Knight Riders group not have a team in? Multiple choice here. Major League Cricket, the South African T20, the Caribbean Premier League, or the International League T20 being hosted in Abu Dhabi? Or in the UAE, I should say. c the Caribbean Premier League. Incorrect. Tom Bassam, over to you. I'm going to say the SA20. And you would be correct by saying that, Tom. That is a tough thing to see. Steve, you didn't even make the podium there. That's tough. Anyway, it's 3-1. It's already a runaway train. Question number four. I am backing you here, Steve. Which UK uh, how can it be question three... number three? No, it's yeah, how it's, can it be three one? Is, no, it's question number four. First was NWSL. Second was Saudi business. Third was T20 uh, how can it be franchises. three one? And this is oh. question four. because of the bonus point, Ed. Oh. I'm going to dock you both teams a point for answering back to the quizmaster. It's now two nil. So question uh, no, number I'm, four. I can dock you another one. You can go into the minor states if you really want, Ed. Put the mic back down. Thank you very much. It's like QI? <laughs> <laughs> should
4: we should we just torpedo our chances already, Steve? <laughs> Question number
1: four, and it's 2-0 to the Bassam Stone pivot. Which UK pay TV broadcaster recently bought back its sports channels? Steve. Uh, Premier Sports. Correct. It's 2-1. Final question for this round. Who acquired the Ottawa Senators? Everyone has simultaneously leaned forward, hands like scratching their temples as they're desperately trying to, to find the answer. What I will say is, this took me quite a long time to find on Google, so it's not going to immediately come from the recesses of your memory. It's I'd never also heard of that person, but that I, I edited the story.
4: I should really know.
3: <laughs> worried, I wrote it. You guys, <laughs> hockey fans. I don't have a name. I have a person, an executive that I can describe. I think. I, this know isn't a picture I don't know what they're rate. like. <laughs> Hang no, on no, this, know, this isn't pictured. No, picture not, not, not vi- Yeah, it's not a visual thing. Uh, I don't have a name. I believe that they were formerly a owner of another They were formerly a minority owner of another NHL team which I believe was maybe the Vancouver Canucks but that's about as far as I've got in terms of an answer. I don't think I have it. <sighs> I'm
1: tempted to give you 0.25 of a point. I won't. I'm tempted to. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens NHL team, he was formerly a minority owner so that you're on the right lines where you know this is how innovation happens it's the combination of many ideas chris you want to jump in
2: i was just going to say as much as you talk about us being the little brother podcast it'd be great as the the host if you could mute your notifications on teams
1: this is a professional recording george thank you <laughs> my apologies it's good to see that your voice box is still working though because that is the first time i've heard from you on this show so far uh, ed you wanted to jump in as well
4: is it a rich balding white
1: bloke <laughs> might have to <laughs> Um, it's Michael Andlauer. Oh,
0: uh, yes. I mean, I was probably about 20 seconds from listening most stereotypical Canadian celebrities, possible. Ron Reynolds. Celine Dion.
3: We can go on for a while. <laughs> De- I do not know Celine Dion was Canadian. Ron Reynolds was in the running for this, I believe. I think his group lost out. That was maybe a trick question element of this that you didn't intend, George, but there you go. So that's the sort of
1: thing we bring on the Sports Road podcast, all these little nuggets of information that just all feed together to make a lovely, coherent story. Now, because no one got the answer, and I am disappointed, I won't try and hide it. Bonus point if you can name the sales price.
3: I'm going to say 1.1 billion.
1: Incorrect. Higher. God, I want to dock you another point for uh, being too vague, but no. 1.6 billion. I did say no to it being higher. (laughs) I so oh, was point six
0: was no. a punchy
4: oh, I, shout. I, but, you know, I thought four point six. What actually? Did no, you say I, I thought the no nine
1: hundred million. Incorrect. Let's go right in the middle, and we'll get very close. Yeah, a billion. Correct, and that is streamtime sports in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah.
0: Can I just, can just defend, lead the horse to water? Can I just defend myself? I thought you were telling Ed. No, don't do that. <laughs> That's what I thought it was.
1: One billion dollars is correct. Now I think the score congratulations is congratulations on saying the biggest number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another fantastic succession quote. So the, I think the scores are three one, including the dot points. Ed, I can see you reaching for the microphone. Either you'll want another point deducted, or you. No, I was I was, I was
4: agreeing. Thank you.
1: Thank you. You can't have an extra point though. So three one after round one. Well played to Tom Bassam, supported by Chris Stone. Round number two is records. Something we're no stranger to here at Sports Pro. So question number one is, how many countries are hosting the 2030 FIFA World Cup? Steve, beautifully in there. Uh, Six. How many continents for a bonus point? Three. It's another bonus point. If you can name me all six countries. Argentina. Yes. Uruguay. Yes. Paraguay. Yes. You've got, yeah. (laughs) Morocco. I can just see this is inevitable now. I know exactly where it's going. Morocco, correct? Spain. Yep. And Portugal. That's just unbelievably beautifully done. So hang on.
3: That one question is worth our entire first round of answers.
1: In a minute, it's going to be worth minus one to you if you carry on with that back chat. So I think we'll all agree that it's (laughs) 4-3 to the Dixon, Steve McCaskill duo fantastic work. well done, Steve. and just beautifully managed. Can I, I just like say
3: so. full content that um this is going to be the worst World Cup I've ever seen in my life <laughs> <First of all. laughs> the worst World Cup I'll ever watch in my lifetime, <laughs> I think like do you, you know. think so you're not excited for it uh, I, logistically' and that's a nightmare like three continents, six countries, sixty odd teams this is like this is ridiculous Tom the worst World Cup yet. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll just be honest. I don't want to sound like a previous colleague who's very big into talking about sports washing, but like, let's just be honest. We all know why this World Cup's being hosted the way it is. So it's just going to throw it out there. I'm just not a fan. In Spain, Morocco
1: and Portugal.
3: Well, it's not about Spain, Morocco Portugal, is it? It's about, why it's, there. It's, it's about why it's there, which is so that they could tear up nicely uh, and rule out many of those um, confederations for the next World Cup, which is set to be hosted thanks to an unopposed bid from saudi arabia
1: speaking of saudi arabia we'll move on to our next who's question who's paying you and that's so close to another dock point however In saudi
3: arabia would definitely wouldn't still be working out. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> how many of the last eight golf majors were won by current live golf players Ed Dixon.
4: Wait, do you want numbers or names?
1: Mm, bonus point territory, numbers to begin with, names for the bonus two, points. two? Incorrect. What? You should have conferred. Yeah. Whoa, Hold on. on. Hey, on. Uh, let's give Ed his platform. Let's clarify.
0: There are two defending major champions in,
3: in live golf. That's not present. the question. It said, how many of the last eight are current live players? Listen to the question, guys. It's very, very simple. Tom, tanks <laughs> my lawn. write it like you, Tom.
1: Tanks off my lawn. Thanks off my lawn. I will now let the question go over to Chris Stone and Tom Bassam. How many of the last eight golf majors were won by live players? Four. Incorrect. <laughs> you were saying Tom? <laughs> yeah. That's a profanity, nearly a dock point, but there was three.
3: No, there's not. There's four. If
1: you're wrong, you are in big,
3: trouble. Right, big okay, let trouble. me name them. Cam Smith. Yes. Uh, Brooks Kepka. Yes. John Rahm. Yes. And... Shows how topical this quiz is. Isn't it Brooks Koepka twice?
1: Uh, isn't it? Let me just double check this one. Uh, oh, man. No, this has got to be the cold opening. <laughs> <laughs> it's three. So it's just the current recording, which is December 2023. Cam Smith... Rex Kepka and John Rahm are the only three confirmed Live Golfers in that window. It's
3: fair enough. I uh, should have known better. Feels like John Rahm is a real tipping point for Live Golf, I think. Remains to be seen what happens with that PGA tour deal and where we end up at the end of the year. John Rahm moving over feels like it was a maybe like a really like a key negotiation point for for the PIF and for Greg Norman and, and that crew. Because uh up until that point I thought they were kind of losing ground. And yeah, John Rahm making the switch really feels like a, a shift in the plates, having him been so previously opposed
1: in all seriousness moving away from the quiz for a brief second it did feel a slightly strange for a 400 million dollar reportedly to be offered to him when it's what as of recording seven days from the deadline for the merger to be completed which i think is the 31st September. so what a couple of weeks away two three weeks away you'd think if there were rock solid negotiations taking place that it was almost certainly going to be the merger it would be a waste of money does it suggest maybe there's trouble in that relationship
3: Or that there'll continue to be a split of where the top stars in golf are playing and how often they're playing with each other. I think that this is bad for golf, generally. I've thought that from the start. But who this is really good for is the golf majors, because it's going to be the only place where you get to see all of these guys all playing against each other, ultimately what golf fans want. The less relevant that you're making those tournaments in between, then that's not great for golf on a week-to-week basis. I think if you look at what happens in athletics, where there are so few meetings where the
0: top uh, athletes participate. It's only really the major tournaments that they they participate in. We could see a similar thing happen in, happen in golf, where if John Rahm, who doesn't live in Florida like the other players do, he lives in Arizona, is able to reduce his schedule significantly and be paid a lot of money for it. It's, there's going to be little incentive beyond those
1: really prestigious tournaments. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, an interesting one to keep an eye on ahead of the new year. Let's move on to question number three. I am going to dock Tom a point for the aggressive rebuttal of the answer. Just came back, and and it was an interesting point that you made, but I never forget. Got memory of an elephant, so that's minus one point. However, I've forgotten what the scores are, so I think it's four two. Hang on, it's four two. We're on question three. Just it's cumulative. Ed, honestly, you're so close to it being three two. In fact, it is 3-2 because that's your second warning. Question number three, what percentage of the Australian population, total population, watched the Matildas Women's World Cup semi-final defeat against England? What percentage of the total Australian population? Would you like to know the Australian population? Does anyone know that off the top of their head for a bonus
3: point? Can I answer? Can I get the, can I get the original answer first? I did ding in. You did ding in. I'll allow it. Yeah. Okay. All right. For those who didn't know, the total population of Australia is 26 million, roughly. And the percentage of the population that watched a harrowing defeat for the Mathildas, poor, poor Aussies, was 41%. Very close. 43%. But I will give it to
1: you because it's, it's just very, very close. Sorry, Steve.
0: I just want to say the only reason that Tom knows that is because he's been reading the market spotlights on uh, Sports Pro Plus, which you should all subscribe to.
1: Correct.
3: And they are a wonderful read, let me tell you. Bonus point for Steve for getting in a flag for Sports Plus, Plus yeah, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's from on high. That's nothing to do with me. <laughs> do we, I just, do we that's get the management team. Nick's yeah. just
3: rang in. And- <laughs>
1: yeah. Tell you what, you can have a bonus, but you can have a bonus two points if anyone is good enough at maths to tell me what 43% of 25.69 million is which is the total population.
3: So how many people did watch it? There's a reason
1: I work in (laughs) a tutorial. It's
3: like 11 million-ish.
1: Oh Wow, that's a bonus point. That's wonderful to see. That is a tomlet right there. So that is 11.15 million. By my reckoning, that is three points for that question. The total population of Australia, the correct percentage, and therefore the
3: excellent mathematics. I feel like that was a really big moment for Australian sport, actually. I've heard anecdotally since then from our colleagues, who also unfortunately happen to be Australian, that, uh, <laughs> like, the Matildas now are very legitimately at a point where they are one of the most popular sports teams in Australia, which in a sporting country like Australia, that is. Absolutely huge for a women's national team. Like the Lionesses are popular here, but I think the Matildas are absolutely on another level in Australia. Does anyone know the
1: point of comparison in terms of like our uh, the percentage of the UK population that would tune into the Lionesses in the in the final or let's say the Euros win?
3: I mean, I think I think it was fourteen or fifteen million watched the final. Less than a quarter. But then like the men's one was like twenty four, I think, when we got to the final of the Euros. So what's twenty four of sixty ish? Like
1: around 40%
0: 40%. yeah Yeah, so there you go I I think we've said on the pod before that what happened with the Australia women's team at the World Cup is perhaps the first time a country's ever become really passionate about football through their women's team or a women's team in general rather than through a men's team because obviously in Australia there's so many competing sports but now football has been elevated and it's been done by the Matildas which I think there is really no point of comparison
1: for that to be fair it's been a pretty incredible year for Australian sport in general You're
4: still sore about the cricket, aren't you?
1: I am. Actually, let's just go back to scores. So I have it at 6-2 with that three-pointer.
4: Did we get a bonus point for the
1: plug? You can have a bonus point for the plug, 6-3, and to keep it vaguely competitive. Uh, Next question. How many people in India concurrently streamed this year's Cricket World Cup final on Disney Plus Hotstar? 59 million. (sighs) Wow, that's just fantastic exactly correct 15 minute without even a moment's hesitation either you love to see it six four six four six five six four six four right chris you could have a chance here in fact if you don't get this i might dock your point next question is how many stadiums will host nfl regular season games this year and a bit like gcse maths i want to hear your workings anyone can buzz in it's not just chris Chris is buzzing in. So
2: LA hosts two teams, New York hosts two teams. So that would put that at 30 domestic stadiums. Then you'd have Wembley, Tottenham would be 32 at Frankfurt. Is the total number 33?
1: I have 35. Oh, I didn't even open it up to the floor. Sorry.
0: You can take my word for it. I was about to say 35 because the other two are Munich and Mexico City, which would take 35. I thought you said this season. Although Mexico
1: City is going under renovations this year, so it's not hosting a game, I believe. I thought you said this season. I had 32 regular stadiums. Is that not right? LA shares, New York shares. Apologies to the editor for this, but yes, Chris, that's exactly right. (laughs) Yes! 33 games George can I just say, say <laughs> the, 33 stadiums
0: yeah 33 stadiums this quiz is absolutely flawless and
4: we've not had to edit this at all
1: <laughs> you'll sink to so many lows to get a it's a, a shame we've point. had
4: to edit all my right answers out as well to give the other team a chance
1: <laughs> so that is 6-5 uh, no it's not it's 7-4 <laughs> I'm trying to get a competitive balance I'm flustered now I'm very flustered Okay, 7-4, well played Um, to Chris and Tom leading from the front. It really does show what a regular podcast does for your sporting general knowledge. Now, let's take a step into my kingdom, shall we? We've been going through the editorial documents or the editorial features for the first two rounds. The third looks exclusively at events content. The round is... Who said it, essentially? So I'm going to read out a quote that someone has said at any point during our events on stage, otherwise that would be impossible, and you can buzz in with who you think said it. Question number one comes from the OTT Summit in the USA, now rebranded as Sports Pro New York. I would thoroughly encourage you to buy a delegate pass, but who said this? If there's a value that we can get out of it for the right price, we'll take a hard look at it and see if we can fit it into our portfolio. Early digging? I'll allow it. I have no idea if we'll have a deal with the NBA or not. I'm not going to let you answer it because Chris is dinged.
2: There's who I thought it was when I said ding and then I heard the NBA part and now I can't. So I'll just be honest. I was going to say Marie Donahue because they always talk about like where they look at things. But then you mentioned the NBA point And I cannot remember who Steve started off the event interviewing for Warner Brothers Discovery. So I did ding early. If I'd listened, I'd have been okay. But Tom's going to steal the mic now.
3: You buzzing, Steve? Uh, Louis Summerwasser. Rick Cordella from NBC.
0: Third time's a charm, isn't it? <laughs> Well, in my defense, I didn't actually interview Rick Cordella, and it was several months ago.
1: Um, So I'm just toying in my mind whether or not to deduct some points. I'm going to give Tom the point, for obviously, for the correct answer, but Chris, I'm tempted to remove that point for you giving two incorrect answers simultaneously where you said it was either Marie Donoghue or the CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery whose name you couldn't remember.
2: I do believe I explicitly
1: asked the question, do wrong answers lose points? And you said no. And I've been caught in a web of my own making. You did buzz early though. No, no, Ed. You're not the quiz master. <laughs> Neither are you. <laughs> the sound of it. That's a minus point. Uh, it's now eight Worth eight, it. eight three. 3 <laughs> uh, Is it 8-3? It's 8-3. I think it is 8-3. Yes, it's 8-3. It's 8-3. So, we'll carry on with OTT USA.
3: For the benefit of the listeners, Steve McCaskill's grabbed the mic, so Ed can't.
1: (laughs) That's why they're sat so far away from each other. It makes so much more sense now. Next question, also from the same event in uh, New York. I think forcing people into a forced, hard bundle to buy sports they don't watch has already proven to be a big mistake. Kevin Mayer. It's a masterclass. This from Tom Basson. Absolute masterclass. I didn't even
3: write these questions.
1: <laughs> Correct. Correct. You haven't written any of the questions, Uh-oh. Tom.
4: I really am like a goldfish. I wrote a follow-up feature on his session as well. Not a not one ounce of recollection. That's tough.
1: um So that is now nine three nine three. Let's look at sports pro Live. We're getting closer and closer to the present day to jog memories. We just need to ensure that we don't miss out on being able to capitalise on the new fan base that we're creating. I could ding there, Sportswear Podcast.
3: I don't know this for sure. I'm going to maybe guess Alex Willis from the Premier League.
1: Incorrect. Mm-hmm. And I'm
0: really struggling to remember this person's name. But were they? Were, you, it will be incorrect then.
1: Were they from Wrexham? <laughs> Sean Harvey or Humphrey Kerr? Oh can't hedge your bets ed it's one of the two it was a joint session to be fair but one person said it humphrey kerr you had a 50 50 chance sean harvey incorrect thank <laughs> you it's sean harvey this is a runaway now this is, that, is really is. That, that is incredibly harsh is it i think it is that one but anyway <laughs> okay it is sean harvey unfortunately for you steve fortunately for tom that's now 10-3 Let's move on to Sports Pro Pack. And this was a great interview, I thought, and a particularly good interviewer. And I think the idea that you would potentially mortgage the future of a club for short-term gain is a really dangerous one. It's an early ding. Billy Hogan. Well played, Ed. You were there, and I'm glad that your memory extends that far. Great. So that is 10-4. 10-4. I'm going to have to add a few more questions so there's a, a small chance of parity. But... This is just a few weeks ago. So, Sporting Madrid. There is so much interest and pent-up demand for women's football that when you invest, the returns are right there. The audience is there. You just have to make it easy for them to find a game. Was it Hannah Brown from The Zone? Incorrect.
3: Julie Ehrman, CEO of Angel City.
1: The masterclass continues. It's 11-4 well played tom's correct
3: i was going to say julia at every point I said we just need to help
0: them find a game and that sounds so
3: broadcast specific it did a really good session actually that if you're a sportswear plus member you can go and check that out now on the video library it has been fully updated it was a fantastic session possibly one of the
0: best of the whole event some really uh big hitters from the world of world of women's football and
1: yes i would encourage anyone to to watch that back you'll certainly learn something could not agree more final question for this round And Chris, you really should get this right because it's from the Streamtime Sports Podcast. The quote is, let's talk about disruptor sports because to drive the subscription values, you need avid fans. And right now, I think what's happening is how avid are those fans? Are we going too early? What is the right time to go onto those? And how does it make sense to aggregate with other sports? If somebody tells me today, okay, Let's set up an OTT channel for motorsports and F1 isn't part of it. You have to be honest about your chances and ask how many fans are going to pay for it.
2: Artie Davos.
1: Correct. Welcome to the quiz for the final question. I see one final one, final one. This is courtesy of Chris because I know he's particularly fan of this quote, but, and I won't do it in the American accent, but the American pronunciation does shift things. I was going to say, if
2: you don't do it in American accent, it just doesn't work.
1: You can read it if you want. I mean, I could just do it off the top of my head. But
0: can it, I just ask the ethics of a question intended for Chris, <laughs> read by Chris, and probably answered by Chris?
4: <laughs> um, Bearing in mind Tom is your sports pro podcast co-host. What's that got to do with anything? Well, it means why we we're about ten points
3: behind. I also think the reason you're ten points behind is because you clearly did not do enough cramming it.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you also behave worse than Michael Arteta on the sidelines, so that's you have no one to blame but yourself. That, I'm gonna
1: deduct you two points for calling him Michael Arteta. Maybe even more. <laughs> Genuinely, Mickey maybe Arty. even more. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to deduct you three points. That's absolutely outrageous. It's eight five, I think, or eight four. <laughs> anyway, this is the tiebreaker. Whoever gets this right wins. The quote is Niche is a bitch, but it will sure make you rich.
0: I'm pretty sure you were saying that session as well, Steve. Uh, I think I know, I've forgotten who it is. I, I do remember the quote, actually. Yee
1: Yeah, I know. I know, but I've I, I commented
0: the person's name. I know the company, but I'm not going you to. Yeah, a company
1: for half a point. <phone rings>
0: This is a tiebreaker. How can I get half a point for a tiebreaker?
1: It's not a tiebreaker. That was in jest. The Cowboy Channel. Correct. David Guinan, Chief Digital Officer at the Cowboy Channel. Anyway, I would say well done, but that would be disingenuous to Ed and Steve. Tom and Chris, runaway winners. Well played. With a somewhere between 8 and 12
4: score.
3: (laughs) Thanks, George. I'm guessing that Steve will be very, very hopeful that Sam Carp is not on annual leave next time this comes around.
4: Ed? i gave some right answers didn't i the problem is i just lost the load as well well to tom and chris congratulations on your victory
1: to ed and steve commiserations i know we all head to the sports Pro christmas party shortly where we can really get into the reads of the quiz but thank you very much for joining me and all that's left to say is merry christmas <laughs>